Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. The world out there is getting more demanding of us, and in turn, we are getting more demanding of the space and the services that we use. So that's why this week we're talking about WeWork. They just confidentially filed for their IPO. We talk all about the space as a service model and where we think the company's going from here. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. Nate Ants Tommaso in Chicago, Illinois. Evan Knowles down there in Lexington, Kentucky. How you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, Thursday night when we're recording this. I just had a uh, little Cinco de Mayo happy hour, so uh, I'm doing good. <laughs> where'd you Where'd you have the happy hour? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now? Yeah. So. Um, I started a new job uh, this past week, so it's been it's been a week and a day now, which is wild. By the time this comes out, it'll be almost two weeks. Um, I started a job at a company called Isia. It's an influencer marketing company. So they started, I believe it was 13, 14 years ago. I should know that. Um, and they started as basically just an influencer marketing agency. So they, uh, they were an agency that specialized in influencer marketing. They contracted with brands that were their clients and then they contacted influencers and put campaigns together Um, and so they scaled doing that but obviously the market has changed and every company needs to pivot and innovate so while they still do some managed campaigns they're now um, putting a little bit more of a focus and what I'm working on mainly is um, their SaaS platform called X. so it's a influencer discovery platform you're able to contact influencers um, tell them about your campaign offer bids it's a full self-service uh, platform that that companies and, and other agencies that are working with brands can use to to run every piece of their influencer marketing campaign so I came on board last week I'm the manager of partnerships so working with all kind of vendors Vendors and suppliers and stuff that the software plugs into a few that we we work with with our managed campaigns as well uh, just kind of you know spreading the news about it and, and getting us as involved with the rest of the community as I can huh. so what kind of influencers are on there is it a broad range or is it specific niche communities what does that look like uh, it's everything so it's the influencers actually have to uh, they have to sign up to be on the platform, and it's free for them. And there's there's really no requirements to sign up. You or I could sign up. We just probably wouldn't be contacted by uh, by the brands. But um, so there's a huge range from micro micro influencers all the way up to uh, we have a large celebrity department as well. And so I think, um, you know, I'm not a salesperson selling the software, but I think one of the big things that they try to differentiate with is that the fact that these influencers signed up, that they're aware that they're on Isaiah, they're expecting deal flow to come in, um, and they're in tune and, and open to brands contacting them through the platform. I, I know a lot of the, the other influencer platforms that are out there basically just scrape data off of Instagram. So they have a crawler go out and they say, you know, if account equals more than X followers, pull data and put it in the software. Um, and then so that data could be unreliable. The the influencers might not even know that they're on there, all that kind of stuff. So, so Isaiah really prides itself as working directly with those influencers. Got it. Makes sense. Yeah. 
So it's been a fun week and a half. I've been, like I said, we were at a WeWork. Um, we're right now in town, Chicago, on Kinsey Street, for anybody who knows that. Um, I'm on the, the 10th floor, but the, the kind of lobby of the WeWork is on the 17th floor. Views of the, the whole city. You can see the river. You can see the lake. There's like a big outdoor uh, like patio, balcony, rooftop thing. Uh, it's really cool, and it, it's it's been a great week, and it's now that the weather's getting better too. It's it's been a great spot to work, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah we work is uh, is our topic today. We work. <laughs> uh, it was you know I worked in a we work in LA, and you're now in one, and uh, they just confidentially filed for their IPO. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a good time to talk about them. I think it's. Uh, one of the bigger waves in technology that uh, you know we've talked a little bit about. We interviewed Tim Guthrie with uh, Base yeah. One Ten, and um, they recorded in a couple episodes there as well. Yeah, yeah. And so this this concept of shared workspaces and um, co-working spaces is really starting to take off, and WeWork is leading that that wave. So we thought we wanted to yeah. uh, kind of give people background on what. We work is and why they're really blowing up right now and kind of their impact and then bring it back to bring it back to the region. Yeah. So, I mean, we were we were coming up with the topic for this week and we were talking about my new job. And then the news came out that we work had you know, confidentially filed for their IPO. And the it seemed like the puzzle pieces just came together and it was a good time to talk about it. I think, you know, we've we had the episode you said at Base 110, we were talking to Tim um, about his journey, but also about um, the, you know, kind of the co-working model in general, speaking specifically about Base 110. But um, I'm sure listeners have heard of WeWork if they haven't been in one before. But I think kind of the, the company, the the corporate structure and, and where both the model and, you know, we the we company specifically go in the future is kind of what we want to talk about and, and how we see this whole model growing and evolving over time. Yeah, there's a big theme, and then it's going to greatly affect the way everybody works. Um, ultimately, I think you'll see most communities and most uh, businesses want to move towards what we work is moving towards. So it's a broader topic that, you know, we need to discuss more. Um, so why don't we start with, you know, what we were, what we work is, how it started and who started it you yeah. know, the background there. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So we work is part of a large organization. This is actually announced not too long ago. They kind of rebranded and uh, reorganized. It's part of the, we company. We were, we were in Vegas at CES when they announced that. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember we work was yeah, we what were on started our phones and they were like, Oh shit. Like they just changed their name and that means they're going to do more. And yeah. everything it was really cool. Yeah. I had been tracking a few of their companies that they kind of spun up and didn't make any announcements. I had stumbled across them on Twitter cause I was doing research in the education space. And so I, I figured it was about time until they, I didn't know they'd rebrand, but I figured it was about time until they start announcing other groups within, yeah. you know, we work. And so they just rebranded and called themselves we company. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, that's the parent company. Uh, it was founded by Adam Newman and uh, Miguel McKelvey. <laughs> sure, I pronounced that correctly. That's yeah. a that's a tongue twister. So, uh, started in 2010, which is just wild yeah. to think about that they started in 2010 and now they're, uh, you know, multi ten tens of billions of dollars, mm-hmm. um, you know, multi or market cap. When, which is crazy. Uh, 
when our listeners are done listening to this episode, they should go find the How I Built This episode about WeWork. It's with Adam, I believe. Yeah. Um, and he just goes through, he, you know, he had this idea, oh, what, what if I just sublease some, some office space to some tenants and they could get smaller offices? Uh, and he literally like painted an office and, and built walls himself. And, and now it's what it is today. Yeah, no, it's just become a beast. They've raised almost $13 billion in just nine years. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Most of that money has come from uh, the SoftBank who has a, a huge $100 billion vision fund. Um, who, they're investing in all kinds of um, you know, cutting-edge AI-based technologies, platforms mostly, uh, and WeWork is obviously one of the biggest. So they've used that money to really fuel their growth um, and their mission. Yeah. So their mission, I thought this was really interesting because I never actually knew this. Um, I'm going to read the, you know, the quote. Their mission is uh, to... to um, it, you know, encourage living a conscious life. Hold on, let's let's edit this. <laughs> so, their mission is living a conscious life means choosing to live proactively and with purpose. It means being a student of life for life, where we accept that we are always growing and in a constant state of self-discovery, self-growth, and change. So distill that down, because that's a lot. So essentially what that means is to elevate the world's consciousness. And that that is the Mm one-liner. The one-liner is to elevate the world's consciousness. Um, So they do that through the way people live, um, the way people work, and the way people grow. Um, And so that's kind of their mission. It's really special, uh, because ultimately what WeWork is building is a platform, you know, in the real estate as a platform. Yeah. I think think in our, our episode with Tim... You said SaaS, and that that really hit me because we all know SaaS is software as a service, but you were saying it as space as a service. Yeah, um, yeah, and that that kind of really stuck with me. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. Um, it's really special, you know. They're, they're well. Let's go through kind of the different spaces they're building here and kind of summarize each of them and give a background on each of them. Yeah. Um, then we'll bring it all together with how it's impacting the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is obviously let's talk about WeWork. Um, that was what started, you know, the We company uh, yep. was co-working spaces, as you said. Adam, you know, wanted to just rent out smaller offices, and ultimately, what that gives people is more flexibility. Yeah, you know, now with Fuji, uh, you know, a startup, uh, you know, raising capital, uh, they don't necessarily startups are not in a position to really sign long-term leases. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't make sense because. You know, startups are living literally month by month. Um, and so WeWork wanted to come along and give more flexibility from a pricing perspective, but also a time perspective and, and give companies the flexibility to, you know, lease on their terms and rent on their terms. Yeah. But also give them a space full of amenities that include, you know, a fully managed office, networking opportunities, um, coffee, unlimited coffee and, and oh, drinks yeah. and a kitchen. Um, and so they've just built this ultimate, I mean, it's a community. They've built the work community um, of shared space that gives flexibility to all companies of all sizes, but, um, you know, startups have really found, um, found home in, and we work. Yeah. One thing that, that shocked me when I started is obviously like there's a, there's a lot of startups in there, but Isaiah, my company is a, is a publicly traded company and we have offices in a bunch of cities across the country. And we're in the WeWork. 
I'm walking around yeah. and I see Lyft has a space in the WeWork, a company that's about to become publicly traded as well. Um, and so it's just, you know, these, we think of it as scrappy two, three person teams, but there are some really established companies that also find value in that model of space as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, when I was in WeWork in LA, Spotify was on our floor. Yeah, that's wild. Um, WeWork is managing Facebook's offices now. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So what WeWork started doing is just managing the offices of large companies so that they don't have to do it. You know, it takes one more thing off of their checklist to do. Um, so Facebook's one of those companies that WeWork manages their office spaces. Is that the HQ by We or whatever? Yep. Yeah. I saw yeah. I saw a web page for that. So fully managed, yeah, fully managed buildings. Um, it, it's pretty awesome. And then they don't, I mean, they don't own the building. It's usually like the company itself owns the building, and they're just like property management. Yeah, I mean that that you know I'm not sure on that end, but I do know you know we work um, as of you know the majority of their spaces they're renting and they're just turning around and renting them right back out, or they're leasing they're leasing those spaces and then they're turning around. and you know, releasing them and re-renting them out to their offices. Mm -hmm. That's a really cool so, model. I'm looking at it right now. This HQ by We, it's really cool. Yeah, no, it's it, it makes sense. You know, the, a lot of innovation has always been on the software side, and mm -hmm. um, you know, later later in the episode we'll get to you know the overall impact and vision of of WeWork. But they're really again they're building a a gigantic service, you know, a platform. So it's, it's yeah. pretty special. One of the underrated things that I, I think people don't think of if they're not a member is the ability to travel with WeWork as well. Um, and we'll get into, I'm sure, you know, kind of the locations and where they are and where they're not. But um, if you're traveling to a major city, which you probably are for business, there's going to be a WeWork. Um, and so my boss was just traveling to San Jose for, for F8 for the Facebook conference. Um, so he had some free time. He went into WeWork and his, his like little access card worked and he sat down and he got some work done. Uh, he was at New York the week before I came on and he, you know, walked into a WeWork there. So it's, it's, I think this flexibility of, you know, yes, you can, all the benefits you talked about, about having this, this home office and this home location and you can, you know, have it month by month, however you can network, what whatnot. But you can also travel and you, you have a spot where as we're becoming increasingly nomadic in our work, we can still kind of have these bases where we can focus and we can sit down and, you know, network too, even in other cities. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it just gets back to this concept of, of flexibility and, and freedom to mm -hmm. and it unleashes economic power. You know, that flexibility that it gave, you know, Fuji ultimately led to um, us using that money in other ways. And that flexibility could have saved the company. You know, before, you know, Fuji might have gone out to L.A., you know, leased a, an office space for a long period of time, mm -hmm. um, hired a bunch of people um, who ultimately um, didn't work out or maybe we couldn't have afforded it. And then here we are with a really expensive lease with no flexibility. Yeah. Could, have, could have ended the company. But, um, you know, because we had that flexibility – with the office space, uh, who knows? It could have saved Fuji. So that's the work side of, of the We Company. Next, let's let's move on to We Grow. Yeah. Um, you know, We Grow is another huge side of of the We Company. It's starting to, um, no pun intended, but grow. Um, <laughs> and I actually stumbled upon We Grow. I remember your tweet um, about this. Yeah, I found it when they just started their Twitter account. Uh -huh. um, 
I have always tossed around ideas around education. Uh, um, I'm always thinking of ways to improve the education system. And so I've been doing some brainstorming and, and had an idea similar to what, uh, you know, they're trying to build. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I started looking it up. I started typing in. Um, I actually had the, the idea of naming it We Grow. Um, <laughs> and I typed that in on Twitter and on the Internet, and it, I started to realize there was a trend in the branding and the, the fonts that I saw. And WeWork had not yeah. – announced we grow yet yeah um and if i, I go to it. at we grow on twitter the at is we grow the name is holding there's no picture yeah following zero people 11 followers and underneath it says followed by your friend evan Knowles. yeah yeah <laughs> I, I had found i had found them before they you know even announced themselves and it was, you know, yeah because and I had an idea where they were going with it, and it turns out that's exactly where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and ultimately, again, what they're building is um, We Grow is a conscious entrepreneurial education supporting growth in child's minds, bodies, and souls. Mm-hmm. Our integrated, individualized curriculum challenges and elevates all aspects of the child. So, um, you know, ultimately, they're trying to build well rounded entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we grow is all about, um, and so they kind of have, uh, you know, I was looking on their website. There's several pillars of growth that they that they mentioned, um, and a few of them were mentioned in that that mission statement. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's mind, body, art, nature, soul, and conscious creators, um, and so it's just a really cool program that starts with kindergarten um, and goes up to. Um, you know, ultimately it'll probably go up through grade school, maybe even high school. Who knows? Um, what, what better place to do that though? And to, to learn entrepreneurship than at a place that's literally crawling with them. Yeah. Yeah. And then part of that program is them working with mentors, uh, and people that work in the space that are masters of their craft. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they'll do is they'll get those experts and those mentors to teach a class for a day. Yeah. Uh, to the students they again the community aspect and the real estate um, provides a platform for education to live within that community yeah. um and so it, i knew once i saw that they had we grow what they were going to do um mm-hmm. and it just makes so much sense yep um and so that is just in new york right now that's where we work yep. is that they're headquartered there correct i know that's where they start correct yeah. yeah. So that's kind of their, their main market, um, of course. And um, that's where they've started. We grow, but I do expect to see that in other markets going forward. Yeah, for sure. And it's run by the founder's wife. So Adam's wife, Rebecca, mm-hmm. um, runs that. Yep. So we have We Work, We Grow. You know, that that's all great. But all of that is, is part of life. So as you can expect, there is another service that they have called we live yeah yeah i mean listen all it's going to be obvious you can kind of begin to map out where we work is going and whatever you do in your daily life um they're going to be there Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's only a matter of time before they start building housing units attached to or very close to their workspaces Mm -hmm. i'm looking at their site now you go it's you know we live.com it's the same logo and everything uh and it just says you know stay for a month or stay for a few nights um yeah, back to the flexibility thing yeah um if you're a startup founder and you want to move into an additional market 
and um, you need to open up office space and you need to live there for just a little while, maybe just to open up that market. Yeah, I can't think of a better way to do that than than we work. And so, you know, they're offering flexible office space, and now they're offering flexible living space. And they offer, you know, one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom, four bedroom. They offer, you know, communal workspaces. Yeah, um, it, it's just or co- communal living spaces. Um, and so, you know, it, it's it's just amazing what they're what they're building. And right now, they're in D.C. and and New York. Yep. So one thing I just thought of as we were talking about this, imagine, uh, imagine your life, let's say you're a, you're a founder or an investor or, you know, anything involved in, in startups and, uh, you know, kind of hustle, you know, business kind of situation. You need to be, you know, in, in New York at the start of the week, you need to be in San Francisco at the end of the week, come to Chicago, go to LA, you know, whatever it is. Um, well, that's, all well and good if you're you or me, but let's say that you're you're 40 years old, you're 50 years old, and you you have a wife and a couple kids. Um, you know you can not see them for a week, or you could potentially bring your whole family with you. And if every we work and every we grow and every we live is on the the same kind of system and the same platform, your kids can literally go from school to school and be learning the same plat the the, the same curriculum and not miss a day of school, you can be with your family the whole time and, and do your business wherever you need to do it throughout the country. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about and it just comes back to building a community and the flexibility uh, and, and flexibility. This is though, there's this bigger model out there and it's a sharing economy. Mm-hmm. It's um, what the sharing economy ultimately does is provide flexibility. Uber, Airbnb, WeWork, they all do the exact same thing. They are leveraging mass communities and creating flexibility. They're all doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Why do you think this is a much larger question uh, than what we were thinking of, but why do you think that flexibility is so in demand now? I mean, people have always had busy lives and people have always had to, to balance things. So, so why now for flexibility to hit the market and to be such a big booming business? I think just the pace of life and the pace you have to move in order to keep up with the industry, the tech industry and you know, every industry for that case um, has increased so much that if people don't have flexibility, they're going to get left behind. Um, If you're not able to travel and move into new markets or be around um, you know, talented entrepreneurs, you're gonna get left behind because everything's moving so quickly. Um, and I think that's at, at the core of it is the, yeah. the pace of technology is increasing so fast that you have to create communities that are able to keep up with that um, yeah. and, and create diversity. You know, if there's, whenever you're stuck in one place and there's no flexibility, there's no diversity. And so the more flexibility you add and the more diversity you can create, the faster you'll be able to keep up with trends. Um, and so I think that is what, you know, we work, you know, when they say they're trying to build a, a conscious community, I think that's, you know, what they're really trying to do is just create more flexibility and diversity. And that leads to more conscious people. Um, and I think there's this overall trend of, again, people want to be mobile yeah. And they want to keep up with the pace of technology. And the only way they can do that is to be flexible. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I think I think that's kind of my answer, too, is just, you know, the, the pace of things. I remember I read this 
advertisement someone showed me from back when uh, one of the first personal computers came out, and it was a it was aimed at businesses to buy computers for for their employees, and the tagline was basically like, "Your employees will never love you more." And then underneath, you know, it showed like a picture of a, an employee sleeping at a computer, and underneath it said like, "With this new computer, your employees can be done with their work by one p.m." What are they going to do with all that free time? And I think that was the assumption back then is, you know, with computers, with technology, you can get stuff done so quickly. But, of course, people aren't going to just stop working. They're going to be expected to do more and more. And as we just keep increasing that exponentially, I think this is just kind of, you know, a byproduct of that. Yeah. And and so, um, you know, all that free time and all that, you know, flexibility um, opens up entrepreneurial thinking. Um, and so obviously, uh, you know, a lot of the companies that are in WeWork are startups. And so what that means for WeWork is they now have at their disposal and within their community, a ton of really talented and um, really great people that are building startups. And so they have, this is a no brainer. Um, I didn't know this existed, but I figured they were doing it. Um, I, I just now, um, you know, in doing research came across it, but WeWork Labs is yeah. essentially their arm of, of WeWork that focuses on um, really helping ramp up early stage ventures that are within their communities. Mm-hmm. And that makes just so much sense. They have uh, access to a ton of uh, talent and experience of other people that are in there. They have several education platforms that are partnered with WeWork or WeWork owns. Um, and then they have obviously a great network to introduce you to investors or partners. Yeah. Um, and so they created WeWork Labs to basically be um, an incubator for these startups and give them support. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. I mean, I think they would be stupid not to do that. They, yeah. they literally have cultivated this community and they're making money off this community. So why not invest back into it and benefit everybody at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was really surprised when I was going through the, the features of these, the WeLabs program, um, that they don't take any equity. Um, I figured that they would want to use this as an opportunity to get a piece of all these great companies because ultimately WeWork is adding to their success. So you'd think they'd want a piece of the company in the form of equity, but they're not taking any equity. Um, they just are simply taking rent. So again, back to this model of they're sticking to being a service for these companies and these startups, mm-hmm. giving them the platform and the tools. Um, so I was kind of surprised by that, that piece that they're not taking equity. So what are they getting out of it then? Just the rent. Aren't they getting rent from every, uh, from every tenant? Yeah. But here's the thing. Um, it's, it's a business decision and it makes so much sense because ultimately if they help those startups succeed, they help them grow. They connect them with the right partners. They connect them with mentors. The company's going to grow and they're going to increase the amount of space that they're renting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's a business decision to say, okay, we're going to support you in every way possible. Uh, we don't want any equity, um, but we know that if we help you be successful, ultimately we're going to make more money in the long run. Yeah. But again, this is, this is a classic uh, case of a cu- this is customer success. You know, when you have a, a software as a service, you have a piece of enterprise software, mm-hmm. you have, the sales team that closes the deal and you have the sales team that nurtures the deal, takes care of adoption 
and onboarding and, and success from the time it closes to um, the time the contract ends yeah. or any keep renewing. And so this is the customer success team. Um, this is the customer success arm of WeWork. They're making sure that the companies that are within their community are successful. Um, and so that, and you know, is the long-term business play that here, it's not the equity it's let's grow these companies and grow their accounts in yeah. the form of rent. It's also good for their brand too. If the next Facebook or the next Google started at WeWork, I mean, I can only imagine all the marketing campaigns coming out of that. So yes, yeah. I mean, and beneficial for everyone. And if they have, I'm sure they have some kind of insight into their financials and their growth as a company in this model. And if they have that, then this is their forecast and their roadmap to opening more office space. They can look at these companies and say, this one is growing at this pace. This one's growing at this pace. Let's average it out and let's build this much more office space because they're going to need that much more office space. Um, And so ultimately it's probably them using this opportunity to collect data, not only make sure that these companies are successful, but you know, they need something in return and that's more rent and, and data. Yeah, that's true. So really, really cool idea and really cool um, platform for them. Um, let me run through the rest of these features and we'll get on to the next, next uh, we company uh, acquisition. So yeah. they've got pitch nights, they've got mentorship, um, they've got all kinds of perks and benefits, of course. Um, they've got workshops, um, they've got founder focus, which I'm sure is um, the founders getting together, listening to other successful founders, weekly events, investor introductions. Yeah. Um, and so this is, this is what something I thought was interesting was they, they say they're not competing with accelerators. Um, and so what I thought was interesting about that is they kind of are, but at the same time, what they say they're going to do in the long run is they're going to partner with accelerators, probably bring them in house um, and give them a, you know, an opportunity to get in front of these startups and, and help them accelerate. So um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, all of those are, are huge and I think investor introductions is, is huge and all that kind of stuff. But the, you kind of, one of them that you touched on was, you know, the networking and the events and stuff. And I'm sure that they have specific WeWork labs events, but that's also something that anybody who's in a, a WeWork in general uh, can take advantage of is these events and these seminars and these, these networking opportunities that they put on literally all the time. Like I just said, we just had a single to mile happy hour. Everybody was, was talking over margaritas <laughs> at mine. So um, I think kind of that, that just ties back into the community feel that, that, that we were talking about. It's, it's literally a hub yeah. of connections. Yeah. And they acquired a company called meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, meetup is a company that is a, you know, it's a tech platform that yeah. organizes events Yep, and they acquired them. And it's again, it's one of those no-brainer things is they need a tech platform to organize their events. But I think the bigger play with acquiring um, Meetup is they're trying to bring people from the outside into WeWork locations. Yep. And so what they're doing is they're providing space for, you know, even if somebody's not a WeWork member, but they want to host an event at WeWork, that's just marketing for WeWork. So I think that's the, the bigger play with Meetup is, one, give them an opportunity to acquire a tech platform that can organize their events, but two, bring outsiders into the community yep for sure so we, we talked about meetup we work labs we live we grow we work the we company in general what are some other things that you think they could get into or are starting to get into or anything like yeah that? Uh, some of the other ones i listed we don't need to go into but um 
we sleep, they're starting to build hotels. How is that different than we live? Um, I imagine it's one, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I imagine it's <laughs> kind of different amenities. It's probably, you know, definitely focused on the short term yeah. stays. Yeah. Um, so building hotels, they're building banks within WeWorks, you know, financial services, uh, providing loans and capital to, to startups. They're doing that right um, now. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. That's, uh, they're starting to get into banking. That's why uh, we give, you know, they obviously need to have a charity arm yep. uh, of we work. So they're, they're giving charity funds to human rights. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell if this is a joke or not. It didn't seem like a joke. Uh, we <laughs> sail. They have a boat that charters around the Caribbean. Are you sure that wasn't an <laughs> April fool's joke? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, honestly, honestly, you know, now that I think about it, I was on one of their websites and I did not see what date this article launched. The only, I just searched, we it was kind of like a flyer. Yeah. The only thing I see, it's a CNBC article here. Uh, SoftBank plans it. This is from, this is from January 8th. SoftBank plans invest another 2 billion, blah, blah, blah. I, just, I say blah, 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 like that's a nothing. Oh, $2 billion. Uh, let's see. We sailed. And there's more to come. CEO Adam Newman told Fast Company a service called WeBank is in the works and hinted at past ideas for things like We Sleep and We Sail. CNBC is saying that, so I think you did some good reporting there. I figured the the I saw that the banks were like in, in work, like they were actually putting them in place. Yeah. But then next to that, they mentioned that they were doing, of course, charity. So I believe that. Yeah, but, for sure. But you know, now that I think about it, you know, we sell could very well be a joke, but at the no, same time, I, just found I bet you one. they're going to get in some kind of recreation and leisure side of it. You know, that's, that's part of being a yeah. conscious human being is, you know, taking time off. What a specific way to do that though. <laughs> like instead of we travel, it's we sail Caribbean cruises. Dude, he might just have a yacht. Yeah, he just wants to just use that for for anybody that wants to rent it out that's in his space. It's his yacht. <laughs> if you're if you're a paying tenant, you can just use his yacht. He's bootstrapping. He's bootstrapping with the yacht. Hey, not a bad idea. <laughs> um, so, let's see a couple more on the list, and then we're done listing all of the different parts of of WeWork. Um, this one's actually new. Uh, food labs. Um, so essentially, what this does, and I actually. This makes so much sense because when I was in uh, L.A., we work, there was food there all the time. And so, again, there's a ton of people in a really small, uh, in, a, in a concentrated place. They're all very sophisticated people. They're all very um, educated. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense to have a food lab, which means restaurants or startup restaurants that are in the WeWork community can give their, you know, provide a, a space to give food to the to the other tenants. Yep. Kind of an incubator for food. Yep. And it, it can be training for chefs. It can be testing. And it's, once again, just brand equity. I mean, it, it benefits everybody if if everybody is, is giving and, and networking with, with that. And what better way to network over a meal? Yeah. So the last uh, company, they actually acquired this company that we'll talk about before we get into the effects of WeWork, um, is Flatiron School. So Flatiron School was, was in New York, um, and they were a tech-specific education company. So they're teaching people how to code. Um, they actually got a ton of success early on and, and built a great program, and we work just wanted to acquire them. 
and add them to the list of services that um, they're providing. And you know, acquisitions is a big part of any company as they grow. They add on complementary services. So these are all focused on you know, physical space, education, um, hotels, banks. Um, but you know, one thing we didn't talk about is they're starting to acquire software. Yeah. Um, you know, software that um, you know improves communication, improves um, the way people collaborate, uh, and so they're also building on top of their real estate stack software, yeah. uh, software stack. So if you are a renter of rework, you automatically just get software. Um, yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting too. That's huge. So lots of different you know, aspects of it. Um, but we, we come down, you know, we can, we tie that all up in a, in a nice bow when it's, it's space and community as a service. And, and obviously that, that new business model and that, that new model of, of flexibility, like we talked about is, is kind of changing one, the landscape, the physical landscape of places we work is now the, the largest single tenant on Manhattan Island more so than any other company. I think it just beat out JP Morgan. Um, but it's, it's also changing kind of the, the entrepreneurial and the, obviously the community aspect and the, the locations that it's in as well. Yeah. And I found a really great quote. Um, and it just makes so much sense. Um, it's, we work has created a physical world equivalent of a digital platform yeah. generating value by imprinting design onto physical space which leads to network effects at both the individual and institutional levels. Its global constellation of companies and entrepreneurs allows members to tap into and realize value from these economic spillovers within their local communities and across cities. Mm -hmm. I thought that just really well said and, and sums up what they're building. Again, it gets back to that uh, you know, digital platform vision and kind of um, stack of what yeah. they're building. For sure. And I had this thought, um, and it ties back to how quickly they move and the flexibility that they're giving people. Cities and governments have always moved slow. You know, the bureaucracies. It yeah. takes them forever to get funds approved um, and, and, and improve development. Um, and so, you know, until WeWork came along, until Airbnb came along, until Uber came along, economic development was a really long and drawn-out process. But again, these companies came along and they're raising extreme amounts of capital. Yep. In the form, you know, venture capital is just funneling money into these companies. WeWork has raised about 13 billion. Uber has raised almost 30 billion. Then Airbnb is raising billions and billions of dollars, going to go public in the next year or so. Mm -hmm. And so what that has done is it's supercharged development and innovation of physical space in a way that hasn't been possible before. Yeah. And so now what you're starting to see is just this whole sharing economy of increased and you know in, you know innovation around development which is just so crazy to see the the focus is not as much on software as it is you know it's all enabled by software but the focus is on now changing the way people behave using these platforms and it's not never been possible because you know governments have always moved so slow yeah i think i think Uber and Airbnb are, are both really good comparisons as well because it's that that service model physical in the physical world. You know, Uber with transportation, yeah. Airbnb with with rentals. We work with work. Um, it's w whenever that that software esque model of iterating, learning from your consumers, the customer service, all that is is 
just placed on top of the real world, you see massive growth and, and massive change. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely unbelievable. It's, you know, it's disruption is what yeah. they've done. They've disrupted the way people live. Totally. So, for sure. So so one thing that I want to talk about, and I hinted at it at the top of the episode, um, was where we work is and where we work is not. That was a tongue twister. Um, you know, I said they're the largest tenant on the island of Manhattan. There's a bunch in Chicago. They have a, a board at by the elevator where every day I feel like they're announcing a new location they're about to launch. Um, you know, I'm, the same thing is the case in L.A. I'm sure you experienced all these major markets. Um, and and that was a very conscious business decision by WeWork. Um, and you can understand why. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people um, that are, you know, very modern, very open to new experiences in cities. And so why not start your company that's a new physical experience in a place like that? It makes total sense. We are a podcast about innovation in Kentucky and in the Midwest. Um, and besides Chicago, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I don't think there's any locations in the Midwest. Um, that's wild. And there's m- other smaller ones that are popping up, and it's it's created this opportunity for other companies and created a market for co-working in smaller spaces. But I feel like they're missing out on, on what WeWork has to offer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the impact of WeWork is really important to talk about. We'll get to that. But you're right. Um, there's not any WeWork locations in Lexington, Louisville, or Cincinnati. They're in uh, Indianapolis. They're okay. in Columbus. Okay. They're in Nashville. But they're not in this triangle uh, around Kentucky. Um, you, you know, it's only a matter of time. You know, they'll be there eventually, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Um, but they're not there yet, you know, to your point. Yeah, and I think, you know, we like we said we had a um, we. Oh, I'm just looking at their website now. They have a rise by we, which is fitness as well. That's really cool. Yep. We didn't even talk about that. Um, what was I saying? We so we had our episode at Base One Ten, which is a great co working space, um, and they they have another location as well there in Lexington. Awesome Inc. also has co working space within their uh within their office as well there's a couple others throughout the city um and these have popped up out of necessity out of need because these are underserved markets um in a in a economy where like we said you have to keep up and you have to move quickly and so when they can't do that with we work they'll do that with somebody else they'll be flexible with somebody else but i wonder if this the fact that uh, you know this major player in the space not being in some of these smaller markets that me and you know we're up and coming and we're we're evangelizing with this podcast and we believe no matter what we'll continue to be up and coming if not having access to a major player in this space is is hindering that growth to be at its optimal speed yeah i mean like you said out of necessity there are other companies coming up like base yeah. Um, you know, base 110, base 163. And, you know, I know there's plans in the work to continue to grow that company. I work with one of the the founders, Randall Stevens, and I know we've had Tim on the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And so out of necessity, these companies have popped up and they're going to grow. And until either WeWork acquires them or until WeWork moves into the market, there's always going to be an opportunity here. And they know that. Um, And so it's just the way the market works. Yeah. Do you think it impacts the companies at all, or the the sorry the markets at all? Not 
not having um, the same player in the space? Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, one of the stats that we have under here as one of the effects is eighty-three um, percent of WeWork members are in the innovation economy. Yeah, compared to fifteen percent, which is the average. And when you think of that, it's like wow. Uh, WeWork is incubating not only companies but entire markets. When you have that many tenants in one small place and you're continuing to build offices out and, and grow it, when you're having that kind of innovation, it, it has a huge effect. And so I don't think it's necessarily having a, a negative effect on the region. I think it's just we're missing opportunity. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're missing an opportunity to have WeWork here and you know continue to incubate now. I'm not saying base is not doing that and mm-hmm. uh, they will, but the, you know, having that brand of we work here and having that well-established professional, uh, execution, uh, we're definitely missing out. Yeah. There's no question. I mean, the, the fact that they've had in other markets is, um, you know, it's not debatable. And so we're definitely missing out. I don't mm-hmm. think it's negatively affected the region, but it's definitely, you know, slowed down. No, no, I don't think it's I don't think it's negative. It's it's not hurting, but it's it's preventing the optimal growth and you know having every single resource that we could have in Kentucky. Yeah, um, yeah. And you know, like you said, it, that's that's not to to talk badly about the you know base one ten. It's not to talk badly about Awesome Inc. or any of these other co-working spaces in the area, both in Lexington and Louisville and Cincinnati. Um, but it's. They're, you know, they're just not WeWork. They're not a company that's about to go public. They don't have all of these other programs we mentioned. They don't have all of these networking opportunities. They don't have just this this global community that WeWork has created. And, you know, they, they don't need to because there's not the competition right now. And so I'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the future. Yeah. Let's go, you know, a couple more effects of, of WeWork. Let's, let's go through these real quick and just reflect on this. Then we can, you know, wrap it all up. Um, you know, WeWork is not only... Um, well, let's go to this stat first. So, uh, companies that are within WeWork and, um, you know, it's small, medium sized businesses experience 18% annual growth mm-hmm. compared to the 1.7% average. Yeah. I mean, That's... just think about that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure that, you know, there's more behind that stat. You know, that's too big of a delta to, um, you know, get, you know, it's exciting, but I'm sure there's more information there. Um, 46, and, yeah, it says like 46% of enterprise members credit we work with giving them the freedom and flexibility to grow to new markets. So that just goes back to the flexibility that we were talking about yeah. before. So while there is, you know, there probably are other stats and other causes that create the difference between that 1.7 and that 18%. You know, when forty-six percent of people who are growing say that we work directly helps them, I mean, you can't say that that's not one of the causes. Yeah, yeah I mean, again, Fuji would be one of those forty-six yeah. percent that said, you know, if it wasn't for WeWork, we'd probably be out of business. Yeah. So, so yeah, that definitely contributes to to growth. Um, so it's not only growth from an economic standpoint, but um, it, you know, WeWork helps the community as well, and the way people live and sustainability. Um, I found a couple really, really crazy stats. Um, 76% of WeWork members walk, bike, or use public transportation to work. And 40% of members who use to drive alone to work have switched to a more sustainable form of transportation. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's crazy. I wonder if that's 
It has to do with it just being in bigger markets where not as many people well, drive. I mean, here's another example. Um, 89% of WeWork members who used to drive by themselves to work in London have switched to more sustainable forms of transportation since joining WeWork. Why do you think that is? I think what it is is WeWork is so strategic in finding their locations and using data to build their offices that they are giving people the opportunity to use other forms of transportation. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think they're, you know, being so strategic, they're building offices in, in places that make sense for sustainability for public transportation. Um, and so I think that's the move. Um, I think that's what, I think that's what's going on. Yeah. Mine is right next to, to two different train stations. So I, I think they're very intentional with where they place their offices. Yeah, absolutely. Where was yours Last, in, uh, in Santa Monica? Were you by? Uh, well, it was. Transit? I know LA is um, a whole different story. We were in a market called Century City, oh, okay. um, which is right in the middle of LA, um, okay. and there was de- it was definitely a newer part of town. Um, there was a lot of busing. There was not a subway system there yet. Um, I believe they were working on one. Um, yeah, LA so, is just car capital as well. Yeah, it's so big. I mean, it's yeah. you know it's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, last stat here before we, you know, I feel like we need to wrap this up. Seventy uh, percent of members globally did not work in their neighborhood uh, prior to joining their WeWork location. So what that means is 70% of the people in in WeWork locations were not working in that neighborhood prior. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that's economic growth, 70% increase in economic growth for uh, any neighborhood WeWork moves into. And so WeWork has that stat to go to any market, any market they want, I'm sure, and say, listen, I'm going to bring 70% more economic growth to your neighborhood if you allow us to build here and i don't know how you turn that down i just it doesn't make sense yep for sure so so i think you know looking forward i think that you know we've we've said it time and time again in this episode flexibility is the future and the necessity for people to be able to move how they want when they want where they want why they want um and we have that with a hundred different software solutions we have that with uber we have that with airbnb the next big space for that is the workspace and all the programs that can come out of that and i think it's a no-brainer that we work with leading the charge there yeah i'll be interested to see their ipo